anybody has any comments? Um, He has a mic over there. Okay. This part, I mean, I mean, I guess the, I mean, uh, just by just, uh, just overview of text, um, it seems like, I mean, obviously his his his, his advisors and stuff. We're giving him good advice, giving Pharaoh good advice, telling him, you know, to let these people go because you know, look at look at all this destruction that has already happened to our to our country. Um, but you know, he Pharaoh just had such a hard heart; he didn't want to let these people go. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to admit, I guess. But he does. He goes back and forth like every single time, every single plague, right? So it's like, well, not every single one. The first few he was just didn't, I don't know, didn't really believe that it was Hashem. But I, I think he, by this time he believes in Hashem. But I guess he, like he says, um, Hashem made his hard heart or hardened his heart. All right. No other comments? Um, what I can see is here that he's always, he, he, he is afraid, but he doesn't recognize it because of the, what he is, what he already said. He did mm -hmm. not recognize the God of uh, the Hebrews to be uh, more power than, than, than he is. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where the ego comes in. And and right now he says, okay, just go your go with your daughter, because he always when he says, uh, see the evil is before before you face it, is because he's, he he will say if they go with the, with everything, including the, uh, the 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 cattle and the sheep, you know, you'll never come back. That's why he said mm -hmm. evil is before your faces. So mm -hmm. why, by why why. Is he saying that because that's how he feels? Mm -hmm. That's that what he will do. Is like a a tip will will judge somebody else as he will react, you know, or he mm -hmm. will do. So it's the same thing. He's worse. He is. Uh, he's saying that because that's the way. That's the, that what that is what is on his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, so far, he's he's been a, a stubborn, and he always want to let let uh, say, okay, you go, let the, leave the kids. Why? Because on the uh, on the uh, tradition is that only men are the one who worship. Uh, 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 in our case, Hashem, and and in their case, their gods. Yeah. You know, but not but not the the, the women or nothing. Now mm -hmm. he's saying, okay, go with your kids and your wife and everything, but leave the car. But but why? Because he's speaking from his heart. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, like you said, if you if you're already thinking a certain way, like that's like what what he would do, right? He's thinking like if I, if I was in their place, this is what I would do. So, and even if they wouldn't do that, you know, he's you know, 
like you said, if you're a thief, you're thinking like a thief. You're thinking everybody else is a thief. <clears throat> so in this case, he feels like that they're gonna, you know, because even before the even before the whole thing, they were worried about the the Israelites um, conquering them, right? That was their that was their worry, and he's still thinking that way. I feel like he's still thinking like they just want to conquer us and take over our land and stuff, but. Obviously, that's not what they want. They didn't want that. They wanted their own land. They wanted the land that Shem promised to them. So, all right. But Ruben, in that in that case, he's thinking that because, well, according to the uh, sages, that's what happened. He mm -hmm. overthrown the uh, previous uh, pharaoh. Mm -hmm. So that's why he was thinking, you know, they could do that to us. So yeah. you know, let's get ahead of them and mm -hmm. and let's oppress them. Yeah, that's so, a good insight. That's a good insight. We go. The, the essence is we'll go back to the same thing. Mm -hmm, he, mm -hmm. he asks the way he thinks. I yep. think he will do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there any other, other kids online that want to read? Okay. And any, anyone else? What about what about Ruth? Does she want to read? Just just ask him. That's cool. Um so I'll call call up Enoch since we know that Enoch wants. Enoch first will read, and then we'll have um, the, then we'll, it, well, I don't, maybe Enoch's not ready yet. Okay. Um, Do you know where you want him to read? Just the first parsha par of, uh, I mean, first few verses of um, the second Aliyah. Exodus what, though? Exodus 10, verse 12 through 14. He has his Bible. And verse 12. Yes. Let's search right Yeshua said to Moses. You need help? Um, you guys signed it out. Stretch out your hands over Egypt to Lucas, they will. Rafi is not touching her. They will. They will invade Egypt and eat up every land in the land of every thing. Let be left by the Stop it. I can't see the page. You want help? 
Hail. Mm-hmm. Moses held his staff over the land of Egypt and God made a rain wind from the east below over the land of land all that day and all that night by morning the east wind had brought the locust they invaded all of Egypt and landed all over their the town country the country in the in gust great so swarms over before Never before had there been so many locusts like this. Noah, 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 would there ever be that at what? Can't see the page, though. Oh, sunset, you know the word. Many. Mm-hmm. Again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm going to finish. They obscured the view of all the earth, and the earth became darkened, and they ate all the vegetation of the earth and all the fruits of the trees. 
which the hail had left over, and no greenery was left in the trees or in the vegetation of the fields throughout the entire land of Egypt. Pharaoh hastened to summon Moshe and Aharon, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you, but now forgive now, but now forgive now my sin only this time, and entreat the Lord your God, and let him remove me remove from me just this death. So he, Moshe, left Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord reversed a very strong west wind, and it picked up the locusts and thrust them into the Red Sea. Not one locust remained within all the borders of Egypt. But the Lord strengthened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. The Lord said to Moshe, Stretch forth your hand toward the heavens, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt, and the darkness will become darker. So Moshe stretched forth his hand toward the heavens, and there was thick darkness over the entire land of Egypt for three days. They did not see each other, and no one rose from his place for three days. But for all the children of Israel, there was light in their dwellings. All right. Now, you guys must have some comments about this portion. Got huge locusts. Swarms and darkness. Now, it, uh, it shows that uh, on the uh, darkness uh, plague, it did not. Uh, there was no no warning about that. Mm -hmm. You notice that? Yeah, no warning. Yeah, there was no warning. It just took the locusts out and then put the 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 uh, the. The, the darkness into it, and mm -hmm. and and like I in like in 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 all the plagues, there was a difference because there was a darkness uh, within the Egypt, but not within uh, in Goshen where the mm -hmm. uh, Hebrews were, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all this yeah, they they let them know that uh, you know that we're separate now. To us, it means that why we are here, all that we are here. We are separate from the rest of the world, mm -hmm. and it has a meaning, and we got to be thankful. And uh, and at the same time that we are thankful, we have to uh, be aware that uh, he he separate us so he can we can be of service. And service doesn't mean just Shabbat. Means everything that we do is 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 drawn to. To praise uh, uh, his name, mm -hmm. because even if we don't want to, we represent him. Like I always said, we represent him, Jesus, and we represent our uh, uh, fellow brothers uh, 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 right now. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, it's it's a um, uh, it's a privilege, but on the other hand, it's a responsibility mm, yeah. because if. Somebody's, uh, if you are with your kippah and you, you are on Shabbat and you are buying things, so you're you're doing the same thing that the goyim are doing, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, then you say, uh, yeah, we do that. No, we don't. You just transgrade and tra you're just doing a transgression, but you yourself. But on the other hand, everybody's judged by what the, uh, what we do, what we're not supposed to do. Or when they say, uh, oh, are you eating pork? Oh, yeah, I, I eat pork. I know, I got no problem. Well, guess what? Jews, 
true use, okay, I'm not talking about secular, mm -hmm. true use, uh, 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 doesn't import, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, I always say, we are separate, like he did the separation back in uh, in, uh, uh, in Goshen, but it's also a responsibility that we uh, bear over our shoulders. Mm -hmm. That's all I And yeah, you could also um, tra translate it, not translate it, you could also see like the connection between how the Egyptians were in darkness, uh, maybe in a, in a spiritual darkness as well, you know? They didn't see like, they didn't see the blessings of Hashem. They didn't see like, I mean, I'm sure some of them did convert at that time, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of um, Egyptians that saw, look at this is the true God. I better start following. I better start learning about him. Yeah. But um, the rest of them, they were in spiritual darkness, and and kind of um, and then and then obviously, the Israelites were in the spiritual light, and we can even still apply it to us right now in this day, you know, in this time, you know, the rest of the world is kind of in the spiritual darkness, you know, and. Um, and Hashem gives us this light, you know, this the Torah, the the, the light of Torah, the light of of Yeshua, um, truth. And so, you know, we have to, you know, we have to take advantage of it. We have to use it, and we have to share it, you know. And and also, it doesn't really say, but if an Egyptian went to an Israelite's home, I know the midrash, <clears throat> the midrash says that it doesn't matter wherever the Egyptian was, they couldn't see. Um, but I feel like if an if an Egyptian went to an Israelite's home, I think they would have um, got out of the darkness. You know what I mean? Spiritually and and physically. <clears throat> but then they would probably be seeking that. You know, they'd be seeking that. You want to talk? Yeah, I have a. We used to have a room. We used we used to have a roommate who. Um, he 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 learned about Torah and Judaism in prison, and then when he got out, um, we became friends, and then he ended up becoming our roommate. And it sounds crazy, I think, now because you know it's like we let, we let an ex-convict uh, live in our house, which was which is true. Um, however, we 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 could definitely tell that he changed um a lot he wasn't like and we didn't know him in his past life possibly if we knew him in his past life um we we might not have ever let him live with us i don't know it was it was it was kind of crazy but he was really a very nice guy and he studied a lot and he was just super reformed and just different and he was anyways um but his past haunted him and he ended up getting married and he had a baby and um his family was living with us for a while until they got their own place but when they moved out his wife told me that when he was at our house um he was perfectly fine like his past was not haunting him and he, mentally he was completely healthy but he said when they moved out, uh, things started deteriorating for him and he started getting hallucinations. Um, he started becoming paranoid and things like that. And he ended up going back to prison because of the 
because of the paranoia. Really, it was it was, it was because of paranoia. It wasn't really something real, but he thought it was real. Things that were he thought things were happening, and he thought things were after him, and he started um, acting strangely. And I I feel like, and you know, people tell us too sometimes that you know when they come to our house and they hear us singing and they um you know are with us like during a study studying you know as we're reading the bible or singing with our children in the middle of the week or something like you know people sometimes they say things like you know this is what you're doing like you think you're just having worship with your family but they're like it feels like spiritual warfare and it feels like 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 they feel protected they feel safe they feel at peace um when they're with us and during their time with us or you know maybe they're going to our house you know for a while or something like that so i kind of feel like that this is related to like what you were saying it was like a spiritual darkness that they felt and then it said that but in the light in the houses of the of the israelites there was light and we sing this we sing this on for Havdalah every Shabbat. It says, it says in the Havdalah song, it says, um, but for for the Jews there was light and joy and gladness. And I talked about this a little bit last week, where it's like, you know, um, in the Bible there's all this witchcraft and demon possession and all these things, but you know, Orthodox Jews for the most part, um, and and you know they don't experience a lot of this stuff. It's like foreign to them. And I think it's because it's not because these things are not real, this, these demons and these evil spirits and witchcraft and all these things. I, I don't, I think it's not because these things are not real, but I think it's because we have the blessing of God, you know, upon us that we are protected from that. So, um, you know, I, I truly believe that, the cure for all the spiritual darkness, mental um, health included, and sometimes physical health, it has to be rooted in faith in God, and it has to be rooted in in the ways of Torah, the the principles of Torah, or else there will, you know, there's 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 something that will be missing. I was talking to my husband um, last night. And, and I was telling him about how when I was in high school, I was diagnosed with depression. I know when I was in college, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And he said, he said, you know, you don't talk about that very much. He said, why don't you talk about it? Because um, I said to him, he's like, what got you out of these things? And I said, becoming religious, like just following God. I just, especially after the bipolar, when when it was after the depression, when I had depression, it was just family and friends, you know, that continued to support me and loved me. And they were godly people. There were godly people that were there for me. But when it was, when in college, when it was my bipolar disorder, it was, it was, it was very scary, that whole experience. Um, and in that, in that instance, it was just, realizing that I am walking in sin. You know, I am walking in rebellion. I'm I'm sinking. I'm at my lowest path. I, you know, I, I, I could get into some serious trouble in life 
I continue this path, there's nothing else for me to do. And the, the, the doctors, they gave me medication, but I knew that, you know, I, I knew the implications of that and the possible consequences of that. And I didn't feel like the medication was, it, it numbed me. And so it helped me to not be so emotional, but it didn't truly heal me and give me the peace and a path and purpose. The only true purpose that I ever found that finally got me out of my depression and my bipolar disorder, my mental health issues, was to cling to Hashem. And Hashem was a better doctor, a better healer, a better psychiatrist, etc. than all of the, I, I throughout high school, college, um, even middle school, I was a troubled child. I was always being referred, I was a bad child. I was always being referred to the principal, you know, to I was sent to school counselors, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't get out of all of that. And I didn't clean up my life until I finally become became, um, I finally became uh, religious. And sometimes our path, is to not completely be healed. You know, sometimes as I think it was Paul, he said, you know, there's a thorn in my flesh. And sometimes Hashem keeps us with a thorn in our flesh. And sometimes that may turn up in our lives in terms of keeping a disease in our lives or maybe even keeping us financially challenged or, you know, somehow maybe even socially challenged. And I remember there, I was listening to one of my rabbis this, this week and he said that, he said that, you know, he was comparing about how God owns everything and he could give any one of us the blessing of riches in this world if he wanted to, if he gave, you know, just like he gave to Solomon. But sometimes when he keeps us with these challenges, with these sicknesses, with these, you know, maybe sometimes financial hardships, it's so that we will not be prideful and that we will continue to cling to him. So we have to see all of these things um, as a blessing, our challenges, our hardships. And, you know, we may not experience true healing in this life, full healing in this life, even though we pray for it and we strive for it, but we can experience spiritual wholeness in this life. And when we have spiritual wholeness, that can translate into the next life. And that is more important. And that's really what we should be keeping our eyes to, is to, you know, the world to come and the time when Mashiach is here. This world is full of suffering and pain, and we will never escape it. And a lot of times when people turn to drugs or when they try to kill themselves or maybe abandon their families or something like that. It's because they don't want to feel the pain. They want to escape, but we're not meant to escape pain and hardship. Before Israel went to Egypt, God said to, to Abraham, he said, your, your descendants will be slaves. And he didn't even tell him the worst of it. He didn't tell, he didn't tell Abraham that, that you're, you know, there will there will be a generation where they will be they will start killing all the baby boys, 
I mean, we, you know, Abraham, he might not have been willing to follow the plan, God's plan, if God told him how much suffering was involved. But we have to remember that suffering, um, suffering isn't necessarily bad. Suffering can be very good. Suffering now, you know, Jews aren't slaves anymore, but the fact that we were slaves helps us to relate to that lowest level of society you know what i mean and i think that all of our pains and all of our challenges they may there they may be there for a season but hashem will will get us through it and not not to try to escape it but to ask hashem you know what can i learn from this suffering what can i learn from this punishment what can i learn from the sickness what can i learn from these financial hardships and if we allow it to, and if we love God and we continue to follow and keep his commandments, there will be there will be something good that we can draw from all of these negative things. Can I add something on the uh, the second Aliyah? Yeah, definitely. So um this week I heard a rabbi talking about um you know, there we 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 as humans we we go through um the 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 question that um you know somebody always asks a religious leader whether it's Christian or Jewish or I'm sure Hindus and, and Muslims get this is why does why does God let bad things happen, right? Why do why do babies die and why 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 does things like that happen? And it's actually uh, we we can turn it on its head, you know, because we don't see it from Hashem's perspective. And a lot of times, a, a, a well-meaning Christian person will say, you know, the God of the Old Testament, quote unquote, will, is mean and nasty. And you know, Jesus came to you know give love, and you can do whatever you want to whoever you want, no repercussions. Um, but think about it ten times. You know, um, this this uh, horrible guy that we, on in our flesh, we should hate, right? We should hate this guy. He's he's killing our baby boys. He's you know all the all these things that, that uh, Pharaoh's doing, but Hashem chooses to wake him up every morning. Hashem could easily just wipe him out. He could just easily just wipe him out. But there's something within all of us. That Hashem sees, you know, He wants us to all do teshuva. You know, um, the sages, you know, uh, kind of inference that uh, Pharaoh did teshuva through, you know, when he was the leader uh, during the time of uh, 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 Jonah, right? So they 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 put him as the leader of Nineveh, right, to kind of say, okay, well, he was redeemed. You know, you can do teshuva. You know, Nebuchadnezzar uh, did Teshuvah, and he's considered uh, righteous among the nations. He's considered, Hashem says, he's my servant. He has a special place in in uh, paradise. But um, what, I don't know if you all talked about the, if you all said about the Midrash, about what happens during the plague of darkness. Um, it says that uh, there were, there were, um, you know, 
scientifically, uh, I've heard that the Earth, that the Sun, uh, did a kind of a micronova. I mean, this is the part where the outer shell of the Sun kind of burps, and uh, we we can't see the effects because we only see in you know the light that we can see, but the sun actually like the upper layer of the of the uh, sun kind of released its uh, corona right kind of like a a giant sunspot that covered the entire sun the sun still uh, was shining but we couldn't see it uh, we could feel the heat but we can't you know we couldn't see it so imagine the absolute terror of everybody on earth it didn't just affect israel it affected everybody it didn't affect I mean, Egypt, it affected the entire world. And the Midrash says that uh, those people that, uh, those Israelites that had turned against Hashem, the uh, Shekinah removed itself from their house. Wow. So it said that uh, the vast majority of Israelites that chose not to uh, turn away from Egypt they were bound in their heart. Nope, I'm going to be in Egypt. This is what I am. I'm an Egyptian. And Hashem said, okay, uh, I'm going to cover, I'm going to go into weeping. The entire earth is going to go into weeping. And it said it took three days uh, to bury uh, all the Israelites that died on that first day of darkness. And the, the reason why that, uh, that we had uh, light in our house is because of the Shekinah was the only reason. It was it was a super one of the supernatural miracles that happened. That was the reason why there were uh, there was light in our dwelling. It was a supernatural light, like a Be'er Mikdash. You know the the um, the menorah uh, shouldn't have been able to produce the light that it had. If you were coming on, if you were coming into Jerusalem um, on a pilgrimage, and you looked at the Be'er Mikdash. You, in the middle of the night, let's say, for instance, it was uh, between uh, the, the closing of the gates and and midnight, you would have seen almost like a lighthouse. And they said that, that it was it was a supernatural type of light, you know. And this is the first time in our history that that light was extinguished. And says Shem himself removed himself. And you can imagine not only you know, the chief God of the Egyptians, but the light that we had, uh, and it's just so important that Hashem, you know, gave us a night light through the pillar of fire, right? So he was letting us know, look, you're not going to be, I'm going to be, you're not going to be in utter darkness. That's why the, you know, Dante and all these people, when they talk about, you know, um, they want to give us a place of, uh, we can, we as humans, can get an idea of, of a, a total terror it goes into says utter darkness right one way it says to some chambers of sheol some chambers of of um uh, gehenna so um i can't i can't even imagine what it had been like but um so yeah so it's just it's just an interesting aspect of uh, you know, the mercy, you know, anytime, you know, even then, you know, during the darkness, they, they could have, our brothers and sisters could have said, okay, I get it now, I understand, we need to leave. But 
because they were just as obstinate, you know, obstinate as Pharaoh and Hashem didn't want the um, Israelites to to be seen and and to be shamed. So that that's why he covered, um, he covered them and were able to see that they were they were uh, they were buried out of the sight of the Egyptians. But let us not be in a place where we we get in a place where uh, we have extended you know or expended uh, Hashem's mercy. I can't even imagine. So um, thankful, thankfully, we have a merciful God who covers us. All right, let's um call Ruthie to Amud. Um, Rachel, but Safa, Lachumash. Got it. Hello, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat your young children may also go with you. But Moses said, you shall give sacrifices and burnt offerings to our hands, and we will make them for the Lord our God. And also our cattle will go with us. Not a single hoof will remain, for we will take from it to worship the Lord our God, and we do not know how much we will worship the Lord until we have, until we arrive there. The Lord strengthened Pharaoh's heart, and he was unwilling to let them out. Pharaoh said to him, Go away from me. Beware, you shall no longer see my face, for on that day you will, you that you see my face, you shall die. Thereupon Moses said, You have spoken correctly. I shall no longer see your face. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring up, I will bring one more plague upon Egypt and upon Egypt afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you out, he will completely drive you out of here. Please speak into the ears of the people and let them borrow each man from his friend and each man, and each woman from her friend, silver vessels and golden vessels. So the Lord gave the people favor in the Egyptians' eyes. Also the man Moses was highly esteemed in the land of Egypt, in the eyes of Pharaoh's servants, and in the eyes of the people. Mm. All right. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. Um... So once again, Pharaoh is uh, thinking like what what he would do, like what Ezra was saying earlier. He's, he's putting the impression of what the what he would do on other people. Like if I would do such and such, you're going to do such and such type of 
So, um, but we had last night, you know, we're around the tour table and we're asking the kids and, and, uh, we, we talked to, oh no, we had a quiz and the quiz was about borrowing this, you know, asking the Egyptians to borrow their, their stuff. And we felt that that was an incorrect translation, even though it's like everywhere, we're always translated as borrow, but we're like, but the Hebrew just says, ask it just says ask it doesn't say ask to borrow this is ask uh, it's verse chapter 11 verse 2 <clears throat> and so um, we're just wondering you know why why would they say borrow just ask because I mean in our understanding of the word borrow you, you're going to give it back after <laughs> they weren't planning on giving it back I I, did he? Why it's translated that way? Yeah. Maybe there's a midrash that we don't know about. Egypt is on. I, I'm thinking there's a midrash somewhere that says that they use the word borrow because if they just asked to give it, they would be like, well, like, no. I mean, I think even, Fer even Pharaoh, his whole intent was like, yeah, you can go, but you're coming back. And so I think the Israelites, in order to be set free, it was like they had to kind of like, make them feel like they were coming back. So they use the word borrow instead of, but I think that's just Midrash because the actual Hebrew word is just ask. Yeah. Well, Hashem works within, um, he, he doesn't, he's not bound by time, right? So Egypt has always been a, kind of a safe place for us mm -hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Yeshua goes to Egypt and he's protected and, you know, um, so, I mean, it was almost like uh, that they were purchasing a, a place that they could, uh, that we could go and uh, kind of escape to. It was kind of a, you know, kind of a a safe space, as it were, for, for us to go and uh, take refuge from other nations. Temporary safe place. And even... Even I can't remember one of the prophets that talked about how Hashem will bring back Egypt, you know, bring back the Egyptians back to their home and stuff. Like kind of like the same thing that he was doing for Israel, he was going to also do it for the Egyptians. So it's like this, like his second, yep. like his second son or his second family or whatever you want to call it. Second, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a prophecy and actually in Isaiah. Uh, which I don't hear very many people talk about. It's end time prophecy or later time prophecy or another age. Pro I, I don't like saying end time because it's really not the end of time, but um, it, it, there's a, there's a prophecy that Isaiah gives that he says that the, the first uh, altar that's going to be reestablished is, um, is going to be in Egypt. So there's going to be wor a working altar in Egypt because the Egyptians are going to, like, okay, let's let's get this started. Let's get Mashiach, you know. 
and they are actually going to build a freeway that goes from uh, Egypt through the land of Israel into uh, Assyria, which is uh, Iraq, Iran, and uh, everybody from that whole area will be uh, followers of Hashem. And so uh, it says that um, he actually call Hashem actually calls Egypt his people at that mm-hmm. point. So there is a re- coming redemption for uh, not only uh, all Israel but uh, the nations as well. Mm-hmm. And even even Egypt, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I I would think if I was an Egyptian today, I would still see that. Look at like I'm mentioned in this Torah here. You know what I mean? Like. There must be something there, you know, must be something there. And there's like all these other prophecies of stuff about Egypt. Like in a sense, I feel like Yeah, like like in in the second coming or when in, in when Mashiach comes, like Egypt will be one of the first countries to be on board of it because they're gonna see them their their own they're gonna see their country mentioned throughout the Torah and not they're, they're like one of the only other countries that are still alive you know there's still an existing country from that which is amazing pretty amazing I mean, there's a lot of great wisdom that came out of egypt but there's a lot of great wisdom that came out of egypt i mean even to this day and there's yeah and there's a lot of architecture there's the mm-hmm, there's a lot of um i would say even aesthetically i mean I like some of the uh, stylistically some of the things that uh, art. as far as Egyptian art and architecture and even clothing. The, the, I mean, there's even things like beauty and all that. I know we're not supposed to focus on beautiful physical beauty, but there's still some elements of that that are even appearance and clothing and attire and all that is is seen as important in Judaism yeah. and in Torah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were. I mean, a great nation. There's nothing, you know. I mean, that was for a reason, you know. So, I think if they are redeemed, then that will be even great. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of kind of cool to to think about, like the Egyptians will be redeemed, you know. Also, it's it's the the first pharaoh was was a blessing to Israel. The Mm. first pharaoh, like, freed Yosef from prison. The first pharaoh honored him. The first pharaoh was you know was used to bring salvation to the Jewish people. So it, it's not all of Egypt that was bad. It's just this, this you know, they became time. they became they became wicked, but there is a lot that that weren't. Oh. Yeah. And and Hashem looks at that. You know, he looks at just like he looks at the forefathers of Israel and blesses the the descendants, you know, looks like he'll do that for uh, other nations as well, other people. Our, our, the good that we do is never forgotten by Hashem. It's like the bad, the bad can be forgotten, you know, but the good isn't ever, ever, just you know, pretty amazing, pretty good way to think about it. Ezekiel Hanavi says that um, if we turn from our unrighteousness, that our unrighteousness will not be forgiven. Anybody says, that if we are righteous and then we turn, that our righteousness will be not forgotten. So, or will be forgotten. So, uh, we can just like Yeshua says, we we can uh, do teshuva even to the very last breath. So Hashem is merciful. Okay. All right. 
Did, did Rosa want to say something? I think she has been trying to interject. May I say something? Sure. Uh, I was thinking about um, a verse a verse in the Deuteronomy fifteen thirteen, which says that when you fire a slave, uh, do not fire him empty-handed. Then I believe that it was um, fair that that was the certain payment for the 400 years working for them and that the Lord uh, feels that it was fair for them. Mm. Yeah. I like that. So that was their payment. They, were, they, they, they already earned that, what they were taking out of Egypt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. I like that. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, it was taken. It is. It is like a payment. It's like a, a I don't know in the states, but in uh, in South America, when you work for somebody for uh, a year, at the end of the year, you get like uh, fifteen days of uh, vacation. You got a uh, you know you got a good pay. So it's like retribution for the uh, hard work that you did. So in this case, there were. The, this thing that they ask, and uh, and I don't think, like you say, I don't think they are they ask to borrow. They say ask, uh -huh. and it, and that was the moment because they were hurt, and they say, uh, give me that, yeah, 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 I'll give it to you. Just get out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and on the other hand, when uh, when now we will see the later. Well, let, let's leave that for later. <laughs> one thing, yeah, one thing that uh that got my attention is that. Uh, when Moses uh, tell the Pharaoh, until we get there, we will not know with what we are to serve the Lord. Okay, uh -huh, uh -huh. and in reality, they didn't know. And uh -huh. now, neither neither uh, Aaron and neither uh, Moshe knew. Uh -huh. So that's why that's why they needed to go with everything that they got because they didn't know how was the the service was going to be. Exactly. Now that's a, a parallel to our times. That's when we uh, uh, know that the service that we do, let's say, like the way the way we do it, uh, like today, like what, what we're doing right now, uh -huh. is because some uh, Hashem established it through the uh, through the rabbis uh, 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 through the rabbis after we lost the temple because. Mm -hmm. When we lost the temple, uh, people were asking the uh, rabbi, the the rabbis, that they they came became the rabbis, which means when it's translated into teacher, because the previous to that they were the scribes, so they scribe evolved from scribes to to rabbis, and then they'll find out okay what is the way. That we're gonna uh, uh, do the service to uh, to Hashem, and that's the way we know it right now. And I think I already told you one of the reasons why I came uh, 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 to this uh, to you guys is because you were doing the service as ninety five percent as we did it back in Venezuela. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that means we are uh, we have something in common. Instead of uh, instead of other people, you know, calling Christians, whatever, reform, whatever, uh -huh. they always trying to uh, do it the way they think God, uh, Hashem will like. Uh -huh. But no, that's already established. So that's a wrong thinking. We cannot 
We cannot worship. We cannot do the service the way I think he will like, because that's why he already gave the wisdom and he allow all that. Everything that, that we are uh, doing right now is because he allowed that to happen to and to become like a law. Even like people call him like, like Allah. Well, but that's the way we are worshiping uh, today with all these sidurs and the way it is. And, and, and that's what unify us as Jews. Yeah. Because, because not everybody is a, uh, you could be an is Israelite, but you cannot be, a, you, you, can, you don't have to be a Jew. You know, just a secular. But you, when you say you become a Jew, it's because you are uh, 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 doing everything that a Jew. And who is a Jew? Jew is the one who obeys the the the, the word of uh, of the Lord of the Lord and the teachings. And in this case, we're we're uh, 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 accepting, okay, who uh, accepting the the accept the uh, Yeshua. Uh, Yeshua Mashiach, uh -huh. our, our Lord and, and Redeemer. Uh -huh. Okay, so that's yeah. that's what I want to bring out. You know, we cannot be doing doing it the way we want. Yeah, hey, we got to do it the way it is, the way yeah. it, it's been established after Jack. We also accept the the ways. I mean, not everything the rabbis teach, but but we accept the the majority of what our our sages and our rabbis have taught taught us. I, I always say about that, I always say that, you know, you can uh, follow their ways as long as it's not against the Torah. But if yes. it's something against the Torah, then I'm sorry. I don't care if if it's my manner that says something. <laughs> I, I will not. Yes. Because yes. If, if it is against the Torah, it doesn't matter who said it or whose interpretation is. Mm -hmm. but we cannot forget that uh, 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 to begin with, it's the Torah what they got to follow. Yes, definitely. Rabbi, I don't mm -hmm. want to participate again. What was that? Yeah. Um, I would like to point out that we continue to fight again um, in chapter 10. Uh, we continue to fight against uh, Pharaoh attacks. Um, their goals remain alive. That's what I think. Uh, when they they want to stop the birth rate, they want to separate families, um, strip us of our wealth. And I think the women continue praying. Uh, they tell not to give us white son to continue fighting against strongly, strongly against uh, the attack of evil because they are continue alive and in the politics and in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I know we've been on this portion for a long time, but I wanted to really say something. In the third portion, it says Pharaoh summoned Moshe at verse uh, 24 and said, go worship the Lord, but your flocks and your cattle shall be left. Your young children may also go with you. And but at first he didn't want his the young children to go with them also. Um, and this reminds me of um when I was talking to a Christian friend once and I asked him, what you know, um, 
if if Jesus set us free, what did he set us free from? And he was like, good question. He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, no, excuse me. Like, why did he set us free? Like, he if he said he set us free from sin, right? That's what's taught in Christianity. But why? Why did he set us free? And he's like, I don't know why. Why why did he set us free? Like, why couldn't he just let us do whatever we want, you know? But um, you know, here we have the explanation. Why did why does why does God set us free? What is salvation for? And the answer is the sal salvation is given to us so we can serve God, so that we can worship him with all our being. You know, Shema says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your resources. That's how it's usually translated in Judaism. All your resources. So here it says, your flocks and cattle shall be left. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're taking our flock and our cattle and you're going to, you're going to give us some and we're going to sacrifice your animals too. So the, the, the goal of, 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 um, you know, of Judaism, of Torah is to live a life that is worshipful to Hashem. I was listening to a testimony of this woman who converted from Christianity to Judaism. And she was talking about how when she was young and her, her um, mother finally became religious as a Christian, she said they were very faithful to go to church every Sunday. And then she said, after that, we could do whatever we want. We did whatever we want. There was no mention of any kind of religious thing throughout the week. And then Sunday again, all of a sudden they became religious. But Judaism is not about that. Judaism, we we have to wake up and pray. We, you know, we're supposed to say blessings before we eat. We give, we give Hashem, we 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 give over our appetite towards Him by by letting Him determine what we can and what we can't eat. We give over our sexuality to Him by letting Him tell us who we can and can't have sex with, who we can and can't marry. And we give him even our time, which I believe is our most precious resource that we can never get more of. We have to give him our time once a week, every Shabbat. We have to give him everything, a little bit of everything that we do. And everything that seems to be against God has to, has to do usually with saying, no, you don't have to give Hashem that. You don't have to give him your sexuality. You can have sex with whatever you want you don't have to give him your appetite you can eat whatever you want um you don't have to give him your identity if you think you're a man you're you're a man if you think you're a woman you're a woman it, it's, it has nothing to do with with what hashem has given you and honoring that and i would also like to say in terms of what we were what ezra was saying before about how you know christians they just think that they can do whatever they want hashem also gave us forefathers and he gave us prophets and you know, it seems like in Christianity, they're like, well, all we have to honor are the people of the Bible. But you know what? They don't even, I'm sorry, I love Christians. There are a lot of good Christians. They practice a lot of good morality, but they don't even honor the words of the Bible. They don't even honor all the words of the New Testament. I mean, New Testament, Yeshua says, I'm, I have not come to Baal Shatorah. It says, keep Shabbat. It says, it says, keep the Passover, <laughs> you know? And there remains a Shabbat, you know, keep the Passover. I have not abolished Torah, even in the New Testament, and they don't honor that. And they make it a sin to 
follow the words of the Bible, you know, to keep Shabbat. Oh, you're keeping Shabbat, you're denying Yeshua, you're denying Jesus. So it's like the opposite. It's like, it's, it's every, every, every true, I think all the true enemies in our life are basically enemies of truth. They're lies. The true enemy of Israel is, of, of God's people is lies. You know, all sin, it's based on lies. Why do we sin? Rabbi Nachman, he says it's because we have temporary insanity. You know, we are we are meant to worship God with all our being. That is the purpose. And, and his ways are all about life. And every sin in our life, it's it brings us closer to death. It's not there's it's it's not much of a mystery what our purpose is in life. Our purpose is to serve God and do good, choose life, choose truth. And it's interesting because you started with this freedom. And even even I think Hashem himself refers to us as his servants. Like we, we don't, it's like not, it's freedom to be his servant. But it's, you know what I mean? Like, in a sense, there's no real, there's freedom, but it's it's like, uh, <clears throat> it's a good, it's a, it, it, maybe it's not freedom. Maybe we just, we're, all, we're a servant of something. But the servant of, of Hashem has more um, freedom. Will, will we be servants of light or servants of darkness? Servant of Hashem is more, is just. Um, it leads to life. It leads to life. It leads to life instead of death. Yeah, it leads to life. It leads to happiness and, and joy and all, all those good things. Just to finish on that, we have to, we have to, re, uh, we cannot forget that. The way the Christians are uh, think about the uh, about uh, they only follow the uh, what they call the New Testament, okay, and is because that's what their mother uh, mm -hmm. taught, them. Mm -hmm. and their mother is the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. so that's why even uh, uh, they don't want to follow. Uh, this this week I had a um, a an opportunity that somebody from Venezuela uh, sent me and said, look, look at this, you can have a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I says, and by the way, uh, already five prophets here in Venezuela, they say that, next, that uh, this year is going to be the year for Venezuela and everything is going to come back. You're going to be sorry that you left and all that. <laughs> and, and I, and because I know he knows the, 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 the Torah and he knows the, uh, what they call the New Testament, uh, and I said, "And are you prepared to do what the uh, Torah says?" And and I think he got me like in a, on a speaker, loud speaker, and there were other people uh, listening. And I said, mm. "Are you aware that uh, what we have to do in case these uh, prophecies from this uh, so-called prophets it doesn't uh, uh, work and and doesn't come true?" Do you know what we have to do? And I ask him, you know, do do we have to do? Yeah, well, he says that is the uh, you have to stone them. And I said exactly. So in in a sarcastic way, I said, make sure you have your stone ready, okay? <laughs> and then somebody in the back he says, no, but remember that we are on the grace. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh my God, so. Even even in those instances, they they refer as to be saved by the grace, 
even though they're doing something against the Torah. So mm -hmm. they're completely off. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's all I got to say. <laughs> No, I mean, no, I didn't want to say, not all. No. I wouldn't say all, but there's a, there's a quite a few. I did want to say, uh, just on an end cap with um, what Ezra was saying earlier, is uh, even within the world Torah, there is um, there is a precedence for disagreeing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some people coming from outside of Judaism thinks that maybe, you know, you know, you have to believe everything. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it depends on how it. You know how, I mean, there's there's the foundations, but you know, particular traditions, whatever. Uh, Hashem is merciful, and, and you know, um, he allows you to make your own traditions within reason. Mm -hmm. You know, within your own family, uh, and 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 slowly integrate things as you come along. You know, some things. Uh, you know, if you you um, make it part of your family immediately, it could cause huge damage. Right. So, uh, you know, and what Judaism looks like to you may not look like, you know, the way it is to somebody else. That's why uh, we, we went to Egypt as a family and we left as a nation and we were no longer necessarily tied by blood because uh, there were so many people that came on and saw the the the. Um, the the plagues and and the miracles that were going on and they realized I want to be part of this and so we we left as a Jewish nation we came out as as a nation that represented basically the entire world you know and so yeah I like that thought. good all right let's continue that's where never been let's do see um. Tamud Ziva, but Abraham Lahumash. She's still there. There, sorry. There he is. Uh, let me see. We're on the um, fourth. Fourth, fourth. Fourth. Okay. That's chapter eleven, four. Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, Moshe said, here is what Adonai says. About midnight, I will go into Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the slave girl and all at the handmill, and all the firstborn of the livestock. There will be a hor horrendous wailing throughout the land of Egypt. There has never been like another... There has never been another like it, and there never will be again. But not even a dog's growl will be heard against any of the people of Israel, neither against people nor against animals. In this way, you will realize that Adonai distinguishes between Egyptians and Israel. All your servants will, be, will come down to me, prostrate themselves before me, and say, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in the heat of anger. Adonai said to Moshe, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that still more of my wonders will be shown in the land of Egypt. Moshe and Aaron did these wonders before Pharaoh, but Adonai had made Pharaoh hard-hearted, and he didn't let the people of Israel leave his land. 
uh, Adonai spoke to Moshe and Aaron in the land of Egypt. He said, you are to begin your calendar with this month. It will be the first month of the year for you. Speak to the, all the assembly of Israel and say, on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb or kid from his family, one per household, except that if the household is too small for a whole lamb or kid, then he and his next door neighbor should share one, dividing it in proportion to the number of people eating it. Your animal must be without defect, a male in its first year, and you may choose it from either the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of the month, and then the entire assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter it at dusk. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the two sides and the top of the doorframe at the entrance of the house in which they eat it. That night, they are to eat the meat roasted in the fire. They are to eat it with matzah and mayor. Don't eat it raw or boiled, but roasted in the fire with its head, the lower parts of its leg and its inner organs. Let nothing of it remain till morning. If any of it does remain, burn it up completely. Here is how you are to eat it. With your belt fastened, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you are to eat it hurriedly. It is Adonai's Pesach. For that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and animals, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. The blood will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I strike the land of Egypt, the death blow will not strike you. This will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai. From generation to generation, you are to celebrate it by perpetual regulation. For seven days, you are to eat matzah. On the first day, remove the leaven from your house. For whoever eats hummets, from the first to the seventh day is to be cut off from Israel. On the first day, on the first and seventh days, you are to have an assembly set aside for God. On these days, no work is to be done except that, except what each must do to prepare his food. You may, you may do only that. You are to observe the festival of matzah. For on this very day, I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you are to observe this day from generation to generation by perpetual regulation. From the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day, you are to eat matzah. During those seven days, no leaven is to be found in your house. Whoever eats food with hummets in it is to be cut off from the community of Israel. It doesn't matter whether he is a foreigner or a citizen of the land. Eat nothing with hummets in it. Wherever you live, eat matzah. Right. Cut off. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. It's That's a very big one, so... Does anyone have anything to say about it? I mean, I know so, some of the interpretations, but I mean. So I feel, um, yeah, when it says, if you eat any, you know, and as, as we were reading this, it's a big deal, right? And as I was reading this, I thought, 
And the first few times that I kept Pesach with a piece of unleavened bread, you know, I, I did accidentally eat some bread or not think about it, ate some bread, something, you know? And then, um, you know, after, as, as I rated this command, you know, I, was, I would have been cut off. I would have been cut off for that. Yeah. So I, I feel, in a sense, that there, there are a lot of um, fence laws when it comes to Pesach, especially in the Orthodox community and the Orthodox um, way of doing things. And so, um, and maybe that is the reason because they see the seriousness of it. And so they add all these extra, even I feel uh, and, and a bit over the top things that they will do in their kitchen and in their homes to make sure that their homes are kosher for Pesach, you know. And, but now, after reading, you know, and after kind of internalizing this a little more, I could see where these fence laws would come from, you know, um, because it is a, a very serious thing, right? So I mean, maybe my wife has more insight in that word, correct? Or... Uh, I got a, <laughs> in the, uh, when it says being cut off, it means uh, spiritually, it's not it's not a it's not a physical thing it's not a mean spiritually that the person is cut off from the from the uh from from his people so actually he will be like dead spiritually but he will uh continue to live uh physically mm -hmm. that's what it, that's what it, it yeah yeah it's it's not a physical it's not a physical like a stoning or something i believe there's some discussion in the Talmud about different types of banishments it could be as much as one day you know if you embarrass somebody or you know a month or a year or lifetime or it's so serious that you're exterminated right so uh -huh, uh -huh. They, they even even our sages didn't um you know they they, they quarreled about what correct means so of what this is. Yeah. we don't have a court so we, we can't you know I mean, if somebody commits a, like James, uh, Yeshua's brother, mm -hmm. kind of points to this, and Peter does as well, and that if something is a death penalty sin, then we should hold it to like a big standard, and if something is not, then we have mercy in it. You know what I mean? So Definitely. I was going to say that it kind of reminds me of in the garden when, uh, you know, Adam and Eve were told that, you know, if you eat from this tree, you should surely die. And there's like, you know, all this debate about, well, they didn't actually physically die at that point, but clearly, you know, their lives changed. And of, of course, there was a spiritual descent mm -hmm. and of course, spiritual descent, even for their, you know, their, all their, uh, for posterity, their, all their children and all of creation, really, because, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all children of Adam and Eve, so, but. I just thought about that, right? Yeah, that's now. a really like, good oh, connection. It's like a, the same thing. <laughs> we're told like something you would think would be very literal, but they did continue. I, rem I was reminded of it because I think it's Ezra who said that, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't, or the person like didn't keeps, physically die. Might keep, keep physically living, you know? So. Yeah, but his soul was kind of his like spiritual yeah. death kind of thing. Um, like meaning to say that um the community might not kick you out and hashem might not kill you but like this if you know when you do this kind of a sin on such a holy occasion 
you're you're kind of cutting yourself off. You know, you you will you will you know if you keep doing this kind of thing or the fact that you're doing this kind of thing means that you don't really care to, about being attached to Hashem. You're probably going to be cut off. Um, I know that it is a pra- it is a practice of some Orthodox communities that when they they find that someone is doing some kind of grave sin that they should be cut it that they'll cut cut them off from that particular community because it's been known like what they did but they won't um spread it to other communities they won't spread it to other communities because they want the the, the Jew the fellow Jew to be able to start a new start fresh have another community to go in to. a new life in a new community and the hope is that he will not make that same mistake in the other community and that he can just, you know, carry on uh, like normal. So it's a very merciful approach to dealing with hard, hard problems Mm -hmm. and, and hard issues, I think. And I think it's the practical, I think it's something that, you know, from a practical standpoint, we've had to kick people out of our community or out of our families' lives because it was, it was, too much of a negative effect, you know, that we didn't feel we could deal with and that was affecting our family and our community negatively. And we had to cut those people off. We don't wish negatively on them. You know, we want them to prosper. We want them to make Teshuvu. We want the best for them. We just don't feel like, you know, that that can happen here, you know. And so that's that's one reason why I also think it's very dangerous when we have these cults that think that they are it and there's no like you have to be there or else you're lost and and you're not really following the truth unless you're there. That's very dangerous. And that's that's not Jewish. You know, in Judaism, it's like there are there are many communities and, you know, sometimes the factions um, like, okay, for example, in Christianity, my experience with Christianity is that um, if you're of a specific, a lot of denominations are like this. If you're not of this specific denomination, you're lost and you're going to hell. If you don't do these things, you don't speak in tongues or whatever, if you're not baptized, fully immersed in water or whatever, you know, if you're not part of the Catholic Church, you're going to hell, you know. But in Judaism, it's I don't see that. I don't see that in Orthodox Judaism, you, even even with the secular branches, I, I don't see Jews saying, oh, if you're a conservative Jew, you're going to hell or you're not really a Jew or, you know, something like that. It's like if you're a Jew, you're a Jew. You might be a bad Jew, but you're still a Jew. And, um, you know, it, I, Satmar and Chabad, they often don't get along, but on an individual level, like on, on a kind of higher level, like the organizations don't get along. But the people of Satmar and Chabad, they can get along with each other. You know, they can be at peace with each other, and they're not like, "Oh, you need to be us, or else you're not saved." You know, it's not. It's like, no, you're a Jew. Keep Torah. You know, keep Torah, and just disagree. You're on the. You're 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 doing good. You're on the right path. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just want to say, say one one last okay. thing about this is the the thing that you brought up. You know. Adam and Eve had this test of not eating something and we as Jews are given an opportunity every year for a week to be Adam and Eve, you know what I mean? To have a similar test, not exactly, but 
a similar test in a way, kind of to reaffirm, yes, you know, we're your we're your children, and we want to obey, you know, our father, you know, every every year. So that's good. Talking about that, uh, what we, what they died, they did actually something died, and they, what actually died, uh, when they ate from the for, uh, forbidden uh, tree, mm -hmm. was their innocence. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what they actually died. You know, that's why their uh, uh, eyes were open and they knew that they were uh, naked. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they, they something died. Right. Let's continue on. Spiritual modesty. Our our spiritual modesty dies when we. All right. Let's see. Um. <clears throat> uh, who else wants to read? You want to read? Okay. All right. Um. Yamod vered, but Abraham lachumash. Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Draw forth or buy for yourselves sheep for your families and slaughter the Passover sacrifice. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and immerse it in the blood that is in the basin, basin, and you shall extend to the until, until, and to the two doorposts the blood that is in the base, <laughs> and you shall not go out any man from the entrance of his house until morning <clears throat> the lord will pass to smite the egyptians and he will see the blood on the until lintel and on the two doorposts and the lord will pass over the entrance and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house is to smite you and you shall keep this matter as a statute for you and for your children forever it and it shall come to pass when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he spoke, that you shall observe this service. And it will come to pass if your children say to you, what is this service to you? You shall say, this is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord for he passed over the houses 
of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and he saved our houses and the people kneeled and prostrated themselves. So to the so the children of Israel went and did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. Mm. That was long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first because I, I got the mic. All right. Um, where it says here, um, when your children say to you, what is this service to you? Um, it, it's something that we learn. <coughs> Sorry. It's something that Rabbi Sachs was, was teaching this week um, or that he taught, but it came up this week, um, is that um, we should encourage our children to ask questions, you know? Um, so I, I thought that was a very good thing, you know, and, and um, yes, you know, encourage our children to ask questions and, you know, also, um, may we have the right answers for them, you know, but I think that's a, a good thing to, to encourage our children to do. Anybody else have any other comments? So in verse 21 on Habad there, it says, draw forth or buy yourself sheep, mm -hmm. but it should be lamb. Lambs, correct? Sheep or goat. But the, oh, not a what's lamb? What's the word? What's the word there, Mom? I always thought it was a lamb. First verse of chapter 12, 21. <clears throat> Exodus 12, 12 verse 21. <clears throat> Song. It, it can be, um, yeah, it can be sheep or goat. It can be sheep or goat, that word. Zone is just like a herd animal. Like... Maybe that's other, yeah, it might be in another one. But even goat, like, even goat is meant, at least for this one, goat is mentioned that they can use a goat too, right? I'm, I believe so. I'm okay. not sure if it was in later on chain, like more fine as only sheep, but it was, and for this first Pesach, it was sheep or goat, a sheep or a goat. Uh, okay, for the first one. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. All right, let's continue. Then. Um, Uriel. Um, not so much. What's your talk? Um, I'm going to use Abraham. Okay. 
It came to pass at midnight, and the Lord smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, to the firstborn of, of the captive who is in the dungeon, and every firstborn animal. And Pharaoh arose at night, he and his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great outcry in Egypt, for there was no house in which no one was dead. So he called Moshe and Aaron at night, and he said, Get me, get up and get out of from among my people, both you as well as the children of Israel, and go worship the Lord as you have spoken. Take also your flocks and all your cattle as you have spoken, and go, but you shall also bless me. For the Egyptians took hold of the people who hastened to send them out of the land of, of the land. For they said, we are all dead. The people picked up their though, 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 when it was not yet leavened, their leftovers bound in their garments of on their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to Moshe order. And they borrowed from the Egyptians silver objects, golden objects, and garments. The Lord gave the people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And they lent them, and they emigrated out of Egypt. The children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 600, on foot, the men besides the young children, and also great mixed multitude went up with them, and flocks and cattle, very much livestock. They baked the dough that they have taken out of Egypt as unleavened cakes, for it had not leavened, for they were driven out of Egypt, and they could not tarry, and also they had not made provisions from themselves. And the habitation of the children of Israel that they, they dwelled in Egypt was 430 years. It came to pass at the end of 430 years, and it came to pass in that very day that all the legions of the Lord went out of the land of Egypt. It is, it is a night of anticipation for the Lord to take them out of the land of Egypt. This night is the Lord's, guarding all the children of Israel throughout their generations. The Lord said to Moshe and Aaron, This is the statue stat, 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 of the Passover sacrifice. No estranged one was partake of it. And every man slave purchased for his money, you shall circumcise him. Then he will be permitted to partake of it, as the sojourner or, or hired hand may not take part, partake of it. It must be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the meat out of the house to the outside. Neither shall you break any of its bones. The entire community of Israel shall make it, and you shall proselyte your side with you. He shall make a Passover sacrifice to the Lord. All his males shall be circumcised, and then he, sh he may approach to make it, and he will be like the native of the land. But no uncircumcised male may partake of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who resides in the midst. All the children of Israel did as the Lord had commanded. 
Moshe and Aaron, so they did. It came to pass on that very day that the Lord took the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt with their legions. All right, any comments? It's one o'clock, no comments. <laughs> yes. On verse 31, it says, mm -hmm. get, get up and get out of from among my people, both you as your children of Israel. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this is like uh, the law because he says he's throwing them out. We got to remember at, that at to this point, they were their, uh, his property, Pharaoh's mm -hmm. property, because mm -hmm. that was their, uh, their slaves. But when it says, get out of uh, from all my people, that's when the 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 uh, the Israelites were uh, uh, were free, mm -hmm. now free to go and worship uh, their God. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, passage that says that set us set us free. I just yeah. to say. Amen. Yeah, that's pretty cool. A lot of good stuff in here, and we go over this on on Pesach. So. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's continue. Nathaniel? Ya'amod Yoshiahu ben Abraham lahumash. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Sanctify me. Sanctify to me every firstborn, everyone that opens the womb among the children of Israel, among man and among animals, it is mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day when you went out when you went out from Egypt, when you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for with a mighty hand the Lord took you out of here, and therefore no leaven shall be eaten. Today you were going out in the month of spring. And it will come to pass that the Lord will bring you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your forefathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, and you shall perform this service in a month. In this month, For seven days you shall eat unleavened cakes, and on the seventh day there is a festival for the Lord. Unleavened cakes shall be eaten during the seven days, and no leaven shall be seen of yours and your possession and no leaving no le leavening shall be seen of yours throughout all, all of your borders and you shall tell your son on that day because of this the lord did this for me when i went out of egypt and it and it shall be to you as a sign upon your hand and as a remembrance between your eyes in order that the law of the Lord shall be in your mouth, for with a mighty hand the Lord took you out of Egypt, and and you shall and you shall keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year, and it will come to pass that 
when the Lord will bring you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and to your forefathers, and he has given it to you, that you, you shall give over, that you shall give over to the Lord whatever opens the womb, and every miscarriage that opens the womb of an animal, which will be yours, the males belong to the Lord. And every firstborn donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you do not redeem it, you shall decapitate it. And every firstborn of the man, every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And it will come to pass if your son asks you in the future, saying, What is this? And you shall say to him, With a mighty hand did the Lord take us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass that when Pharaoh was too stubborn to let us out, the Lord slew every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I slaughter for a sacrifice all males that open the womb, and every firstborn of my sons I will redeem. And it shall be a sign upon your hand and for ornaments between your eyes. For with a mighty hand did the Lord take us out of Egypt. I just wanted to, I guess, just bring attention to the the law about the donkey. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that Hashem knew the future, obviously, and he wanted to show that the donkey was special. The, the one special non-kosher animal that he was, I mean, it's not the only an, non-kosher animal that he used, but he knew that Mashiach was going to ride on a donkey and he wanted it to be um, in a way special and redeemed. And I think also um, in the New Testament, there's a connection being it that was a cult or something like that, um, that the, the, you know, the, the donkey that he was riding. And it doesn't say whether it was the firstborn or not, but I'd like to think that it was the, the firstborn donkey. Yeah, the firstborn donkey for that. <clears throat> so, uh, talking about the uh, firstborn, this is this is this was the plan, the, the the perfect plan that Hashem had, that from uh, every family, the firstborn was to be a kohen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then after the uh, golden calf, you know. That right was lost because only the uh, Levite tribe uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, came forward, and to, uh, so Maybe. they earned that right. But, uh, yeah. but but the plan was perfect, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine the firstborn being the coin of each family. When mm -hmm. will that family uh, be lost? Never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things happen. It will be restored. I'm sure. <laughs> in the future okay so it was prophesied not only was it prophesied but it was also um, came t came true and then and the, the, the sages have all kinds of stuff to say about donkeys I mean I've, I haven't I haven't written, read it all or I can't recall it all but I know that they, they, there was a lot in there about Balaam, Balaam, Balaam. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Also, uh, Shlomo uh, was uh, uh, was uh, appointed by David. He brought him on a, on a, on a donkey too. Oh yeah, oh. <clears throat> it's interesting that um, there's no mafteer here. But... Okay, anyways. All right, who wants to read the Haftarah? Whitley? <laughs> All right, Whitley. Um, Ya'amud, no, Ta'amud, Whitley, but Abraham, La, but Noah, <laughs> La, Haftarah. The word that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, the prophet, concerning the coming of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, okay, King of Babylon, to smite the land of Egypt. Proclaim it to Egypt, and let it be heard in Migdol, and let it be heard in No, and in Tapanes. Say, stand fast and prepare yourself, for the sword has devoured round about you. Why have your mighty men been swept away? None of them stood, for the Lord pushed him down. He made many stumbling blocks, yea, they joined one another and they said, Arise and let us return to our own people and to the land of our birth before the oppressing sword. There they called out, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made a lot of noise, has allowed the appointed time to pass by. As long as I live, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, that as sure as Tabor is among the mountains and Carmel is by the sea, it shall come about. O you daughter who lives in Egypt, Make for yourself equipment for exile, for no shall become waste and desolate without an inhabitant. Egypt was a fair heifer. Destruction from the north is coming. Yea, it is coming. Also her princes who are in her midst are like fattened calves. For they too turn around and flee together. They do not hold their ground. The day of their calamity has come upon them, the time of their visitation. Its voice shall go like that of the snake. For they will march with an army and will come against her with axes as if they were hewers of wood. They will cut down her force, says the Lord, for they are innumerable. For they are more numerous than locusts, than they are uncountable. The daughter of Egypt has been put to shame. She has been delivered into the hands of the people of the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, has said, Lo, I will visit upon Ammon. Amon of No, and upon Pharaoh, and upon Egypt, and upon their gods, and upon their kings, both upon Pharaoh, and upon those who put their trust in him. And I will deliver them into the hands of those who seek their lives, and into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuch Rezar, 
king of Babylon and into the hands of his servants. And after that, it will be inhabited again, inhabited again, as in the days of old, says the Lord. You fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and be not dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I will redeem you from afar and your children from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and be quiet and at ease. And there shall be none who disturb his rest. You fear not, my servant Jacob, says the Lord, for I am with you, for I will make a full end of the nations where I have driven you. But of you I will not make a full end, but I will chastise you justly. I will not completely destroy you. All right. So I guess because of this, this first day, the kids studied uh, Daniel and the lions, then Nebuchadnezzar was part of that, right? That's, that's, that's why they studied. That's kind of cool. Anybody have any comments on this Haftarah or? No? Okay. All right. So, um, all right. I guess we will continue our service. <laughs> uh, we're in. We're in page 77. Yeah, when we do uh, when we do no minion service, we seem to like like to share a lot <laughs> about the Torah. That's kind of cool. All right, let's go. Page seventy-seven. Hey, la le David, 